Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of Let's Get It Out. It's been a week. It's been a good week. It's been. It's actually. It actually has been a great week. There's a lot of good things that happened this week. The sun finally came out for more than 24 hours. It was sunny all week, which was really actually was really really nice. I was able to go for like runs after school i was able to play tennis yeah i got the chance to go out to the courts after school and play some tennis with my little brother it was really nice it was it felt good to like get back into those summer activities can't wait for summer but anyways today's episode is about loneliness and being alone and i've been eager to do this episode because I could go on forever, on and on for this topic. But I know some of y'all have like really short attention spans, so I'm gonna shorten it up to an episode long timestamp. So let's just get right into it. Loneliness and being alone. So let's start with what's the difference. I'm gonna use this quote from Sarah Adler, a psychoanalyst degree sorry a psychology degree my bad so what she says is quoting her being alone is actually just a state it means that you're not with other people loneliness is an emotion which describes a feeling of sadness attributed to not having connection so when i was doing research for this episode i just saw that i read that I'm like, I need that. It was it was so perfect. So let's just start first with loneliness. So I got this definition off psychology today. And the definition of loneliness is a state of distress or discomfort that results when one perceives a gap between one's desires for social connection and actual experiences of it. So That's a long definition, but basically is there's just when you're lonely, you lack the feeling of connections with other individuals. And no matter how many people you're around with, you're still lacking that mutual connection with somebody. So symptoms of loneliness can be sadness, depression, negative thoughts of yourself, self-doubt, and there's a lot more in that. But what can cause loneliness? I have a couple I have a couple lists of them. You can feel symptoms or feel lonely after losing a loved one, um not being around your usual friends. Another one is I've seen when your friend enters a relationship that's where I've also noticed people start to feel lonely because you're not being around that person as much as you were. You're kind of sharing them with another person now. Um, another one is starting a new job. So you don't know your coworkers, so it's going to be hard to get to know them. You're kind of shy sometimes at first, so you'll kind of feel a little missing of a connection with them. 
Another one that I also read about was society, Hollywood, and the media, and that's kind of all gathered into one. And so they all contribute to these feelings that there's like a norm or like a myth that you need a partner to feel complete and whole, which is completely not true. You don't have to have a partner to be complete. And you also, having a partner isn't going to fix your loneliness. Neither is having tons of friends. That's not going to fix your loneliness because, trust me, I've gone through it. And kind of going back to um, Adler's quote, you might feel that lack of connection at stronger levels when you have all these people surrounded you and you still don't feel anything. They won't fix it because they're just going to make it worse. Because what can lead is that you become a person that is very dependent on that individual. And if they were to leave or there's something is brought up and then you guys have a fight or whatever and things don't work out, you're just back to square one and your loneliness kind of just reaches a new height. So try not what, yeah, being surrounded by tons of people isn't going to fix that. Another one is the co- when it comes to COVID and the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, I know a lot of people that struggled with quarantine and the isolations that led to people feeling lonely. It was hard for people to be confined to the corners of your house for an entire year, not being, not being able to leave the house. It, it was hard for sometimes people just to go even go, go to the grocery store. And so that definitely had an impact on people's mental health and also socialization skills. The other day I was in class and we were kind of talking about this my teacher, they made a comment of after COVID and quarantine, well, not after COVID, but after people were starting to go back to school, teachers noticed that the halls and people were silent. No one spoke a word. And as they said that, I was trying to remember, like, my first day back and I realized yeah the halls were actually like really really quiet and I didn't notice it at first because kind of in my kind I was kind of I had a little I was a little nervous that day I didn't know things how how things were going to turn out but now looking back I realized how badly we forgot how to act and talk to other humans until we had that talk of how badly we were affected by it. And so that's another reason if you feel lonely. And if I didn't mention a reason that applies to you, that's totally okay. Because we all have our own reasons on why we feel a certain way. And your reasons are 100% valid. And so... 
My next thing would be, how do you challenge loneliness? First, some important notes. I would, like, grab a highlighter and just highlight this if you could, but number one. Being in this situation, and in my opinion, this is all just my opinion, is a place that can lead to personal development that not only can challenge loneliness, but lead to a personal character development or a discovery of self-identity. This not might be a good place to be, but I think it's a good place where you can lead to lots of growth. And I'm saying this because I've gone through this, so this is kind of going back to what I kind of experienced. And then two is, this is a process that isn't a cookie-cut, short, easy fix. Depending on the person and the situation that you're in, but combating loneliness isn't something that takes a couple days to fix. The truth is that it could take up to weeks or sometimes even months. So I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't have expectations for your feelings to just be fixed or go away in a blink of an eye. And so these are some of my tips on how I would challenge loneliness. And this first one I feel like is like top tier first important thing to strive for it's learn to be okay with not being surrounded by physical human presence so learn to do activities alone like simple daily activities like walking go for going for walks or going to the grocery store going shopping studying or also just like learn to eat by yourself not try not to have someone right next to you at the table and so you're probably asking, how do you do that? What I would suggest is find an activity that you enjoy, you really enjoy doing, and that activity you have to do alone. So let's say you like to draw. You can go to the park, you can go in your room, you can go into your backyard, do whatever you want. Just be, don't be near people and do it on your own just draw and if you don't like drawing you could do do some cooking or do some baking journaling also helps a lot it's a good it's also a good way to vent just like also sometimes if people have like gossiping problems you could also like journal and just keep it all to yourself it's also a really good way for that um meditating for five to ten minutes there's so many videos on YouTube for that stuff. Just a five-minute meditation. Do whatever you want and make it a daily habit. So I was watching this TED Talk. And I'm going to use the same wording. It was a TED Talk by uh, Bea Voss. And I love watching TikToks. Don't judge me. I watch them all the time. But anyways, the way she defined it was as use it as your rituals. So find time in your day to do your rituals and eventually you'll start looking forward to those activities and enjoying your own time. And so I really liked that. that. So that's why 
incorporated into this episode. The second one is take a break or at least lower your social media intake slash phone usage. So I was doing on research some on, on this and I found an article from Jeremy from Jeremy Noble and it's an article from the Harvard Medical School online. And his research is from a study that was made by the University of Pennsylvania. So I'm just going to paraphrase the words that he wrote. So the content that we absorb on social media have a comparative aspect to them that lead us to compare ourselves with the person that we are looking at. So let's just say we're looking at an Instagram model's post. The content that you're looking at right now can be altered by filters. Skin tone filters, brightness filters, um, measurement filters that you probably, they probably made their snub themselves look a little bit more thinner or their teeth are a little bit more whiter or their skin looks more flawless, whatever, whatever they did to it. It can lead us to create thoughts for ourselves that we probably, oh, we're not, we're not pretty enough. My teeth aren't white enough. I'm not skinny enough or I'm not successful enough, whatever. We're, then we're like, we lead to not, we lead to ourselves thinking that we're not good enough. And that causes us to have feelings of lacking connections with certain people. Thus, thus feeling feelings of loneliness. So I would just suggest probably lowering your media intake or also a great way to do this. If you have to be on social media, I would try to, let's say you come across an account of an Instagram model, whatever they're doing, and you know that deep down you're not getting very positive feelings probably just ignore that account or just don't follow. Don't follow accounts that you know will make you feel bad. It's kind of like that out of sight, out of mind thing. So that's another tip. My third one is, remember it's better to have a few close friends than a ton of fake friends. And this I stand by. You can be surrounded by all the people you know and still not feel a single bond or a strong emotional connection with them. And it's all about quality over quantity. Be with the people you feel like you share a mutual emotional connection. Because they're, they're going to make you feel good during their presence and after their presence. So that's another, those are a couple tips that I, I definitely feel like you would lead to enjoying your own company. Moving on to being alone. Okay. Being alone is being content though you are not surrounded by people. And there's a lot of benefits of having alone time. Like, 
One is it's a good way to recharge after your sometimes your social battery dies, after a long day of work, after a stressful week, whatever the reason is. Being alone is such a great way to regain that energy back. Just having a couple like minutes of peace kind of just brings you. You can gather yourself all together and it makes you feel a lot more peaceful. Another one is your thoughts, opinions, ideas, whatever, can be raw. When you're alone, you can be alone with your thoughts, ideas, opinions. And you don't have external factors influencing those opinions. Whether it is religion, whether it's society, whether it's pressure, whatever. You get you get to create your own mind. And that's I feel like really important for us to do these days instead of being taking others people's opinions just because they have power, authority or it's through peer pressure, whatever, it makes us have our solid, raw thoughts. And you can also just sit, you just sit alone and think clearly of what you need to think about. The third one is, you can start paying attention to smaller details around you. So, I have always been a very self-reserved person. I'm not a quiet kid. I'm not like one of those hat down, head down, like shy kids that just don't speak in class. I, I'm never one of those kids. I'm not emo, but no wrong, nothing wrong with emo, but I'm just not that quiet. I'm just more of a self-reserved person. And so, but if you were like to come talk to me, I would talk nonstop to be honest I am I'm usually I talk a lot when people actually come up to talk to me but anyways I've always been that self-reserved person and with that as long as I can remember I've always been a people observer and this is different I know what y'all thinking she's a stalker I am not a stalker this is a people observer there's there's two different very One is a legal issue. One is a habitual thing. Two very different things. So I always, like, ever since I was little, I would pay attention to people's behaviors, mannerisms, the word choice that they use, their body language. Also, especially how people walk. I've noticed everyone has their own type of walk. And it's so interesting to like look at. Because some people have similar walks. And I find it funny how people that share similar walks are either because they gain it through their parents. They, no, I, I, I know I was with a, was I was a TA for a teacher once. And I noticed how he walks. And then apparently his his son, like, came in 
And then they, I noticed that they walk very, very similar. I was just the kind of like holding it in how like we gain. I know that we gain a lot of habits from our parents. And I think I read something one time where we gain the same facial. We look like our parents because we gain the same facial expressions from them. So I found that really interesting. Also, sports have their own walks. Especially sports like baseball, basketball, volleyball, whatever. Everyone has their own walk. I also pay attention to people's appearance. But not in a judgmental way. I'm just, I'm more of a, I analyze their features. So anytime, like, anytime I'm talking to you, I'm talking to, to a person, I'll look at the shape of their, their face, their, their eyes, the lips, nose, ears. I, I'll notice, like, the shape, the size, the, the placement on their face. I'll acknowledge all the small details. And I've noticed it makes you appreciate little things more. It makes you have, like, oh, little smile moments, little internal happy moments. It makes you feel really nice, too. I know it's important to know, note that too much alone time can have a negative impact. You can get so deep into your thoughts that you... You get lost and create this fantasy world that is that isn't in touch with reality. That you start losing connections with your friends, your your family, your peers, your and just strangers too. You just get so lost that isn't it's a state of not being healthy. You can also enter a period of complete isolation, which is very, very different from being alone. Humans, for as long as we have existed, we've always needed platonic relationships to thrive and flourish. It's in our DNA. We've always need people to rely on. And so complete isolation is very detrimental to that. And in the process of isolation, you can lose close friends that care about your well-being. And we, we should always keep those people that care for our happiness. Because at the end of the day, we'll look out for them. They'll look out for us. And it's just a nice thing to have. It's a very important thing to have in people's lives. It's important to learn to be alone because in the long run, it will benefit your relationships with people. You know how to act. You know your opinions. You know your state of being. You know your your mental capacity. You know how to feel content. And it makes you less likely to be a victim of loneliness. And every day, we can do small things that makes us enjoy our own company like I always journal that's something I usually really like to do 
going for walks. Just make sure you create that ritual that makes you enjoy your own company. So I hope my advice can help you guys in any way, shape, or form. Thank you guys for listening. And I'll be back next week for another episode. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye.